0: Right. Okay. In the wake of Me Too, that's a larger thing. So I
1: think we're seeing in the news right now, um, like with Al Frankel, um, he's come out to say like he regrets stepping down. Um, Really intense journalism of the allegations against him are coming up that they might be false. And I'm saying all of this.
0: This is the the senator, the Al Franken, the senator. The, yeah, okay. the
1: like funny guy. Yeah.
0: The so, funny guy. <laughs>
1: um, and I think someone on NPR did a really interesting piece about like call out politics and music, um, and there's like a lot of good stuff that's happening. You know, people are finally being heard. Um, People are being held accountable for their actions. All sorts of things that have just gone unspoken in the service industry since the beginning of serving a plate are being called out. But kind of like in the wake of all this, that like a lot of people are angry that, um, like, for what has been lost. Um, I mean, we're seeing like just a lot of people are angry and not feeling heard. And there's like this space where what is calling out doing for us if we're even more divisive and like the, the people who were survivors are just as maligned mm-hmm. as they were before mm-hmm. and everyone else feels like they're losing also. So I think that's like mm. an interesting place to enter in the conversation that isn't really being talked about and as much. And you
0: lots of something on all sides.
1: Yeah, and it's like, what are we supposed to do as a community yeah. what are we supposed to do as a community to um, to move forward <laughs> uh, it's kind of like a reckoning of all kinds that we're having right now and for instance you have with people like Trump who are doing clearly racist things it's becoming no ma- it's like we talk about racism more than we ever have and it's becoming more difficult to come to a consistent consensus about what racism is because white people have in their mind that some that if you do something racist, you're racist and you're in the KKK and you're evil, or you're not. Mm-hmm. There's not this um, understanding or acceptance that all people who benefit from something unearned, who have privilege, do racist things. And that it doesn't make you a Nazi to be racist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um And so we've gotten into a a point of, like, it's evil or it's okay. And if I fight for justice, then I'm right in all things. And you can't engage me on any conversation that I will ever be wrong in. And I think engaging in a conversation with myself, calling myself out, being a part of a community that, like, holds me accountable, says, hey, you know, I don't, that wasn't right what you said. You know? Like, having that, building relationships like that on a small level is, like, how we build out. Um, and so I like when you started about like setting an example. I think that is kind of the the future of whatever this work looks like. Because as someone who's been engaged in those like mind-numbingly circular <laughs> useless conversations mm-hmm. in like the butthole of the internet, mm-hmm. you're like engaging with those people. They are on purpose like tricking us to waste our labor and our time. Mm. They're not interested in learning anything. Um, And, like, your mind is precious and deserves, like, to be respected and to engage with people who are going to, like, consent to have an an engagement. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah, so what, as this collective, like, conversation and discourse has upended itself in the last few years... Everybody's super sensitive as to finding a polar opposite, like, whether, like what you just said. They're sensitive to either I'm, I'm not racist I, or I'm being accused of this behavior or this uh, type of being that there's no way I am or I haven't acknowledged before. So, so as a collective discourse, like, how do you engage with the people that are the the most polarized problem right like neo-nazis right like let's just go to white nationalists like how do you engage that without engaging on a personal and in your personal bubble level do you ignore it do you set the example do you yeah Yeah. i mean because you're just adding fuel to the fire right
1: all the time, I get emails, like, from, um, like, male equal rights groups about, like, let's have, um, I invite you to have an open and honest, respectful debate about abortion. because um, they know I, like, do a lot of abortion work. And I say no. Um, because that's not actually what I'm being invited to do. Right. Um, and... When so I can only speak to my experience and my experience is working in like reproductive rights and abortion work and no one knows more about like people truly hating you, um, thinking and usually for reasons that they really like they believe they're doing God's work, doing really good important work, thinking completely opposite of what I think and like the the every single success they have like directly impacts folks who I think and care about and every single thing I do impacts their work. So, um, it's like, where do I go with this person? Nowhere. I go toward creating good words and policies to try to, um, enact better rules that affect all of us. Um, and then when I try to engage with people using my words and my heart, I engage with people who aren't already so invested Um, because those people, their mind is made up and all, you know, all we can do is continue doing good work, continue doing rigorous studies in hopes that they would ever um, read it or have their minds changed. But really like the, the, the people on the complete opposite spectrum aren't really my target or Mm -hmm. anything, Mm -hmm. you know? What I care about are the people impacted by bad laws in an abortion context. And really, if someone wants to use an entree point into, like, the service industry, and you don't like hip, that people are, like, sexually harassed at work, a lot of, like, even my the restaurant that I work at does not have a clear policy on, like, what is acceptable conduct in the restaurant for patrons. Like, it's not written patrons. anywhere. It's not shared anywhere. So that's like a concrete thing i don't really have to like engage and yell at people about like what's acceptable i can like work with my restaurant team and say like this grosses me out this is why this is what i think is a good idea for like preventing this i think that like these specific topics and these are unacceptable of our staff and our patrons and we need that in writing and we need to like spread that disseminate it with everybody and everyone can sense, like, this is my workplace, this is the kind of um, workplace I want to work at. And if you don't, if you want to continue to say, like, derogatory things about your coworkers and patrons, then you can, like, work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so policy changes and structural changes are what, not what I think all social activists should be doing, but that's what I find is, like, useful in my mind. Rather than, like, wasting my emotional energy and my brain arguing with people um, who probably aren't even smart enough to understand what I'm saying. You know? Or haven't
0: thought about the issue enough. Haven't educated themselves And, like,
1: people are writing about this shit every day. Like, if they opened any newspaper, any magazine, anybody's Facebook page, like, people are educating in bunny ears. Yeah. People all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's just, like that's certainly something that people do, and I'm sure it can be, like, people have made their careers on it, like, Kid Bell on Instagram is, like, amazing, and she mainly does, like, anti-oppression, anti-racism, anti, like, um, whore-phobia for the, <laughs> I lack of a better term, work on Instagram, uh, a good friend of mine, Ashton Berry, does a lot of, like, hospitality industry, like, anti-oppression work using Instagram as her home base um,
0: so that's good work too
1: that's which, good work too that's just like not what I like yeah. when I think about like how can I be most effective with the tools that I have it's gonna be working on systems level and because like I'm super sensitive and I don't think crying is like a sign of weakness but that's how it's interpreted by the this world and like I will cry and I will be extra tired and I'm already really tired from doing things that I think like matter so I don't engage with people in that way Um, and I just like I would yeah I would rather like do something a little like a lasting
0: yeah um, well that's I mean I've never been the type of person to troll or to engage in these really heated arguments because I know they go nowhere most of the time i think that's important and i'm not the type of person to do that either however i'm finding that it is necessary to at least bring up the idea especially in environments that it's looked down upon or it's gone largely silent for a very very long time and that's what's good about this collective discourse is it's bringing it out in the open for people to manage and navigate however they can in the moment whether it's you know uh, a sexist dude that's worked behind the bar forever and now has to think about it or whatever the whatever the example is this is bringing to light things that are uncomfortable so there's a lot of discomfort a lot of misinformation and fights all out like brawls going on on the internet digitally um through these articles being fired back and forth and emails like you said emails being sent out So we're speaking, or the work I find for me and what I hear you saying is speaking to the people in the middle, right? The people that are largely curious curious and want to engage and want to improve and want to be positive and make this a better world. Yeah, or the
1: people who are like, take for instance, the example you shared about like the sexist bartender. So. Take, for instance, like, uh, you've got, like, a 25-year-old white guy who wants to be, a, or is a bartender, always wanted to be a bartender, thinks it's really cool, um, and he goes on Facebook one day, and everyone's unfriending him and sending him nasty messages, calling him a sexist and a misogynist, and I can't believe he did this, and he's like, oh my gosh, what have I done, like, what have I been accused of, and he finds out that, like, people are saying, like, I'm constantly, like, sexually harassed by this guy at work, and he is trying to figure out in front of everybody in front of the, like the court of public opinion and it's because of like c- constant c- touching mm-hmm. like um, Every time he walks past another Employee who is a female he like touches their back. He's all he, he cannot you know and so that's something that like I, that happens to me this kind of situation happened in a situation in the restaurant that I work at um, and he's having to do with people calling him like really terrible things uh, you know um and he didn't know what he that he was what he was doing was wrong. The place where he worked never told him like this is an acceptable conduct he you know obviously like that is a totally normal thing to mm-hmm. happen nowadays, so that the situation could have been avoided on like a thousand levels of um you know. A workplace setting, like a clear example of like what's expected and not expected, also like human beings, um, like just an example through your life of like how men treat women could be different, and like that would prevent someone because like being labeled sexist or um, a, a a person who assaults women, a harasser of women is like really terrible nowadays. Like, you can lose a lot. And, like, I don't think that should be taken lightly, but I don't think it should... The burden of that should be put on the backs of, like, survivors. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... You know, an HR person once told me, like, if some, if you're uncomfortable with some, how someone's touching, you need to tell them to stop. You know, like, it's my fault. Um, and it's my responsibility. Not only is it my fault for being a woman and being touched, but now it's my responsibility right. to fucking police his behavior. Yeah. And, like, that's not how it should be. Yeah. Um. The burden should be on the entire community, the entire organization as a community, and the perpetrator, right? So if something to protect people from, like, losing everything for really, like, minor... And even, like... I wrote about the Aziz Ansari thing, and I think it's really interesting because it's very similar. It's, like, normal behavior is... Wrong is basically what we're finding out in this whole big whirlwind. Is of course there are like rapists and like huge abusers of p- of women, um, but then this movement Me Too also brought out all this other stuff that's like pretty normal and everyone has experienced, um, even if we like really don't want to admit it. And most of us have experienced being the aggressor as well, like man or woman. Like we have pressured people into doing things they don't want to do because we are taught as, like, American individualists, that if you want something, you fucking go and you get it. Yeah. And, like, right now, it's easiest to identify the, like, the power dynamic when it's, like, a female survivor or a woman survivor and a man um, perpetrator. But really, all of this can stop if we just, like... Like, our engagements with our friends and when we see things, places... That it's not like an internet conversation. It's a conversation like, that is not cool. Like, why? You know, when locker room stories are told, you say, like, that, this, doesn't, this isn't yeah. cool or interesting. Um,
0: like, you call it out in the moment in person. I mean, yeah. that has to become the norm.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, like, more useful. And I think, like, being honest when these conversations come up. Like, as a super liberal person... I'm always called out in my family kind of in ways that like I don't appreciate, but like there's this hard line all the time where it's like you are evil or you're not, and I think that they um, and it's like the self righteousness of like this kind of work, and I think that there um, there's always there's always space for more gradations. No with the caveat that the burden of the pain shouldn't be on like the person who survives any sort of abuse. Like everything I say about the Aziz Ansari situation is not to like discount or discredit what it would have felt like to be in that situation as someone who experienced it. Um, but I do think, uh, and I'm not saying that the, that he is not like guilty of not, you know, misusing his his powers in mm-hmm. like certain ways but I think that it would be you know to think that we are not all a part of situations like that I think is like a little
0: it's dismissive um,
1: yeah and it's like disingenuous it's like not honest
0: yeah
1: you know to say like these are the bad people and they're doing bad things um I think if we could all just admit that we have created this world where we all do this to each other yeah and we're all we're all like suffering under it
0: yeah well and i mean that that kind of begs a question of a little more i mean what what's good about these really severe movements is it it folds back into the personal meaning it can go as deep as metaphysical things right like we have created this world and we get angry and happy and upset at all these different scenarios playing out because we identify with them, because we have been there or we have seen it happen. We have engaged in that type of behavior because everything is a reflection of your own experience, right? So you can get <laughs> metaphysical about it. And that's I think that's where the work happens is seeing it on a collective, you know, was talking to Donnie Rose about it. That we see the amplified, um, almost gratuitous example in our political leadership of everything that we already know to be a dynamic in our own relationships. Mm -hmm. And then in our own heart, right? Like, shit that we think about every day. Like, those tendencies to make snap judgments or think a sexist thing or think a racist thing um, because of our conditioning, our privilege, our particular scenario growing up and where we are in the world and all that so (laughs) it's it it feels artificial that all this is coming up in such a really severe way I keep coming back to severe but it's because of the undertone that has built up um, over generations and decades and hundreds of years you know using racism as an example the evolution of um, slave culture into the prison industrial complex and the drug wars and now this all this is coming to a head right like with sexual abuse with uh, discrimination so um,
1: well if you think about it we have like an entire world uh, an entire cultural system built on capitalism and the patriarchy and like a lot of people throughout history that are more like idealistic and now there's like a huge like most progressives are like socialists like we want a whole different system and we're having to like rebuild a way of communicating of treating each other and um standards of practice in the house that we're shackled in you know it's like they in feminist literary criticism which is kind of like the framework that i grew up in Um, There's this saying of like You cannot dismantle your master's house Using his tools And like that's what we're doing And we're like very upset about it It's like yeah It's not going to be fun To like try to counteract What has held capitalism up Try to fight against The foundational elements of capitalism Which is racism, sexism um, In order But still have Amazon like, we can't have a, it all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but we also can't go backwards. You can't just wake up and it be like a hunter-gatherer situation right. anymore. So we're kind of having to work out some things that, you know, people have been struggling with for a really long time. But it's like, now it's publicized and um, it's like harder to ignore.
0: So going back to what we were speaking about at the, at the beginning about solution-oriented behavior and and speaking to these things what is like what are the things that we can do those of us with privilege with um and what can we do on a daily basis to um mitigate these symptoms to change the culture to yeah. have these conversations.
1: Um I kind of think everyone should find the thing that like they can get passionate about um and in some way like donate their time and energy and their mind to that thing. Um you know. And I think everyone does that in a different way, like the house we're staying in now. This person is like so committed to um, engaging with food in a different way, engaging with consumerism in a different way. Like not, you know, having a a child for two years and like pretty much never purchasing a new item of clothing. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that it doesn't sound like social justice, but like not buying this garbage that's poisoning our entire earth and like leading to people not having access to water. Um, like that's huge. Um... You know, that is something that I can admit that I don't participate in because it's, like, I would, um, I'm, like, lazy in that way. Um, so I think we all, but I do a lot of other things. So it's, like, Mm -hmm. everyone can find, like, the thing that they do because we can't, like, something that, um, interests them, like, uh, usually it's something that it impacts their life, like, Mm -hmm. in an emotional way. Like, a lot of people enter... Like, a lot of people come to the New Orleans Abortion Fund to ask for, like, how can I volunteer? Because they're trying to heal from their, like, traumatic experience at the clinic. They were harassed by protesters, so now they want to be a clinic escort. Like, I think that that's, you know, small but beautiful. Um, and, like, super huge in their life, you know? Um, so, and I think people should have a realistic expectation of engaging in social justice. Like, We are not in our lifetimes going to see a world much better than we entered. Um, But, you know, hopefully there are people that are, like, more optimistic than (laughs) me. But I feel like we, you know, because if you have this, like, unrealistic expectation that, you know, I'm going to get into social justice and I'm going to do it in the restaurant industry and no one is ever going to be touched against their will again. Um, And that's just, like, not realistic. But we can say, like, hey, I think this sucks, so I'm going to create some goals and then for the next year, for the next two years of, like, things that I can do that would help the people in my community that I'm close to have a better experience of this. Even if it's just a place to tell someone that the, something a bad happened to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Yeah. When I got, like, really upset and disturbed and, like, felt like everything was falling apart, that's when I started volunteering with the abortion fund. And I thought that I would really hate it, but it's, like, the best part of my whole life is getting to take those calls. Hmm. Um, and it might not be, like, the lasting long impact, but I know it means a huge thing to the people that are getting money for their abortions. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that there is no single answer, um, and that, but... You know, it's like, who someone famous said, you don't have to do everything, but everyone has to do something. Right. Yeah. And we should learn from each other. Like, I learned from the person I'm staying with now, like, how it's not really that hard to consume less. You know, you think it'd be, like, really, really hard, but it's not that hard. Um, and so we model for each other. Um, but people won't believe bullshit. So you have to, like, actually do it Um, yeah and actually be interested in it and how you know there are so many people that are talking about things on Facebook like trying to educate their friends but then like they're not living they're not living that it's like I think people want to congratulate themselves by sharing something or shaming something or calling someone out when really it's like the lasting change comes from the stuff that's like way less sexy Mm -hmm. and usually no one knows you're doing it um hmm
0: yeah, that's that's tough. <laughs> that's tough for a capitalist culture. Yeah. That's uh has everything thrown in its face, you know, and is shoving everything in its face is And that's I mean, that's the dilemma, right? Is people are trying to say that the solution that we're working towards is somehow flawed and have their own two cents about why it's not this person's fault or victim blaming or whatever it may be but they're not willing to look at themselves and say and question their own thoughts and that honestly that's what's going on with me and has gone on for a couple years but because of like literal scenarios playing out in the last couple years it's it's accelerated that process right like talking about the restaurant culture like flirtation has never been something i'm okay with you know like Mm -hmm. i call that out um and it grosses me out. You know, any kind of like sexually charged uh, innuendo or picture on, on Facebook or Instagram, it grosses me out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just me. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that, that I was yeah. brought up in that way. Because it makes it easier for me to negotiate and navigate the next refinement of that behavior. Like, what else can I do for myself and the people around me? Mm-hmm. Because it's so easy for me to not be okay with that so yeah activism
1: emergent strategy that's what you should read
0: emergent strategy yes yeah,
1: so the. and what
0: was the first thing that you you said um when we started talking about oh shift change the yeah. organization is so, that a local organization yeah,
1: Mark Shetler started or Mark Shetler and so he's the person I know so I always credit him but it's in partnership with other folks um and it is so shift change is local but they do a yearly um fundraiser that I have participated when I was a bartender giving
0: tips tips yeah, on so your it's tips tip out tip day, out and, day and, then yeah.
1: and so that is national that people have participated in New York and LA and Austin um and here and it's really awesome and it goes to whatever local to that bartender is like sexual assault or trauma like emer- well you can choose but I chose the New Orleans Family Justice Center, so it's people that provide like restorative, um, healing and legal uh, support for survivors in the service industry and not. Uh, and then I know, Ashton Berry does a lot of like hospitality and anti-racism, just social justice stuff. Um, she's like, kind of too busy for me to even really follow. <laughs> um, and. She and then the other person I think I mentioned was Kid Bell mm-hmm. and Kid Bell has like a great shop she has this shirt that um, it says make a woman come for once and then she has or I don't know if it's her but some she like reposted one I bought that uh, is like make empathy great again hmm. so she does you know she has like a capitalist business sure and then yeah. she also like
0: well using the using yeah. the tools that are yeah <laughs> that are shackle whatever the saying was yeah with I the think house that was built
1: emergent strategy is really amazing and then this author they have a more recent book also about the same thing but it's basically a way of thinking a framework of like admiring systems and like building systems and rethinking about systems to shift from this idea of like I'm a winner I'm a, I'm a winner there are losers um, in order to be a winner you have to have like uh, critical mass it's and you push through and it's war and thinking about other very successful species and other emergent strategies you know, uh, like participation, like dandelion, like looking at other things in the universe that mm-hmm. are doing a good mm-hmm. job at surviving. A colony of ants. Yeah, like or... I think ants, cockroaches, dandelions, uh, a lot of like moss and like other fungus, and like studying those sorts of organisms and like how because they're also successful. Like fungus are more successful than humans, mm-hmm. <laughs> so trying to figure out how how they're successful. Um, And using that as, like, a framework to really keep your head up. Because it, like, seems like if we don't do... If we don't consent to capitalism anymore, what are we even going to fucking do? Like, are we all just going to starve in the street? Um, And so it's nice to just have a little intellectual help um, thinking of other options. And then, like, how to live out those options in community with other people while also... Like, I have to pay my light bill. Like, I have to live in this world. Um, So how can I live in this world honestly and, like, respectfully and, like, not delude myself? Yeah. So that book is good at that.
0: That's the baseline. (laughs) Um, Well, dang, that's a lot to digest and think about. I think um, you echoed a lot of my sentiments in my own brain uh but said it much more um digestibly than what's going on um and i think it's imp- like just folding back to what we what you said at the beginning that it's really important to have these conversations without getting aggressive and blaming and creating an either or fallacy of like you're either evil or not this was wrong or right um but having the courage to do it on a daily basis and say, let's talk about this. Why is it okay to say something like that? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Like, think about it and tell me. And not come from this place of uh, hierarchy or, you know, like winning, losing. Like, we want to have these battles and these discussions, but want to come out as the okay as the successor, was... right? Like, because yeah. it's a biological fight or flight thing for humans, I think. Mm-hmm that's not embedded in fungus or ants or whatever but we haven't evolved out of that to be be collective so it's important to forge those new behaviors right and have those conversations and be like no it's not okay to touch me like that I know you're probably used to it but it makes me uncomfortable you know like that guy that was didn't know that he was doing that
1: because nobody told him yeah yeah
0: but then it's also not it's not on the on the victim that knows better to have the burden of of proof like it's like saying oh well you know better so you shouldn't have done you shouldn't have allowed that person to engage in that terrible behavior like no (laughs) let's talk to the issue the problem Mm -hmm. not the person that has the the, the, you know that was the victim or has the solution or knows better Mm -hmm. You speak to the weakest link. So, well, I'm gonna look up those thingies, yeah. shift change, um, those people, the emergent, the emergent method.
1: Emergent strategy. Emergent
0: strategy. Got it. Cool.
1: And I'm trying to. It's like Adrian Brown, Adrian something Brown, Adrian Marie Brown. They are really awesome. Cool. Um, she might actually. I'm not sure if it's they or she. But um, pleasure activism is also really good and answers the question of, like, what do I do now? Yeah. Um, And there's a lot of information about, like, self-care in this work. um, Because it's hard to feel terrible all the time. and feel (laughs) like you're responsible for how terrible it is.
0: Yeah. Because you're not. Right. (laughs) Word. Well, with that, I'm going to hit the stop button. Yeah. 807, thanks for thanks for helping me unpack all that and talking about it. Yeah. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends. They can search Coffee Upside Down using any major podcast platform. Also, if you're into coffee and want to support the project a little more go to coffeeupsidedown.com and check out the air roasted coffee available for shipment anywhere in the domestic us and complimentary delivery in new orleans that's all for now guys see you next time